When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Boren. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal to legends, forbidden history, and more, listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, sign up to our email list, and so much more. For daily updates, trivia, shenanigans, and the occasional giveaway, follow us on social media over Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now, on to this week's episode. Hey, how's everyone doing today? Uh, Thanks for joining me today to check out the next episode of the Strangeology Podcast. Uh, my past couple of weeks have been a little bit wild schedule wise. Uh, I was hoping to get this one out a little bit sooner uh, to keep to that biweekly uh, schedule. Uh, but I did drop a new YouTube video uh, last, uh, well, as of recording this last week, um, which you should check out if you haven't yet. Uh, you can uh, find the link to that over on my, my link tree, uh, the the link for that is uh, in the bio of my my Instagram, or just search for the Strangeology podcast on YouTube. Uh, it's the uh, top five cryptids of California, and uh, I'll probably at some point in the future uh, do a, a second part follow up at some point. Uh, there were a few people that were like, "Oh, I was hoping you were going to." 
cover this cryptid or that cryptid. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's so many of them. Uh, it's like, I'm, I'm going to have to do a second part for West Virginia as well at some point, uh, you know, because cryptids, there's so many of them. It's kind of like, you know, Pokemon at this point. <laughs> I love that old meme. That's, uh, there's this picture of a cat and he's holding up a, a Pokemon card. It has this like wild face, like, ah, <laughs> and, uh, the caption of it is like, let me show you my Pokemans. And then below it's my Pokemon. Let me show you them. And uh, it's sometimes the, the cryptid community <laughs> feels like that. And it's amazing. And I love it all. So uh, I appreciate everybody's enthusiasm and uh, support for, you know, everything I'm doing here. Uh, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, I've spent the last couple of weeks uh, throwing up some new merch designs, shirts and stickers in the shop. Uh, if you haven't checked those out yet, uh, please do. It helps me out a lot. Uh, and I've got this fun new Mothman sticker. Um, I designed it a while ago and I just totally forgot to put it in the shop. <laughs> it's basically a Mothman doodle that has a text bubble of him saying yeet. <laughs> uh, so that's, you know, a fun fun little thing. And, uh, people seem to really be digging that one. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm old. What do I know? So, uh, I'm excited for today's, uh, topic, which is uh, a little bit hair raising to say the least. And, uh, I hope that you're going to dig it. Among the vast world of the strange and unexplained, occasionally there's something that comes along that seemingly defies explanation and doesn't really fit any kind of classification for known or theorized cryptids and other weirdness. <laughs> and despite researchers' best attempts to study and classify new and unknown entities, a lot of the times, you know, in cases like these, a concrete answer kind of comes up short. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, in a sense. Today's topic is on uh, this somewhat enigmatic cryptid creature something uh, that people are calling the pale crawler. Uh, that is if they're even cryptids at all. And I've posted about these things before over on my Instagram uh, and it's a topic that I find myself circling back to quite frequently. Um, there's this subreddit that has stories featuring these creatures and that uh, there's a lot over on uh, Lon Strickler's blog. And I love reading stories about them uh, from other people to try and like piece together what it is that's being seen out in the world. Uh, I don't know. I guess there's there's something that's really intriguing about it for me. It's super creepy. And there's also hundreds of accounts of people seeing these things pretty much all over the place. And there seems to be some confusion about what they are, why they're here, and what they want. In recent years, especially, there's been this growing collection of these anecdotal accounts of people encountering these like pale, very tall and absolutely frightening humanoid entities. And it seems there's 
not really a total agreed upon consensus of what these things are other than people mostly refer to them as pale crawlers, even though that name isn't a hundred percent agreed upon, which I'll, I'll go over in a little while. Uh, and it wasn't until the last couple of years that I really started noticing and paying attention to people's stories out there about these things. So let's jump in to this and see what these creatures are all about. So what is a pale crawler? Well, if you've seen the Descent movies, you might get an idea of the rough appearance of what these creatures could look like. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen these movies, uh, basically in the first one, there's this group of women that decide to go uh, caving or spelunking, and uh, one of them leads the group into an unknown cave to help repair this like broken friendship with the main character. Uh, and then uh, the cave collapses behind the, the, the party and it traps them with no chance of rescue or escape. But eventually uh, I think they find some like cave paintings or something that indicates that there's a way out. So they realize this and then they're, they're trying to make their way through, but then eventually they, they encounter these, pale, vicious humanoid creatures (laughs) who evolved within the cave system. Like they're blind and they're uh, just like these creepy crawlies Uh, and chaos and horror ensue. And if I recall correctly, I think like only one character makes it out alive and that there was like an alternate ending where she never even made it out of the cave. <laughs> um, I don't even remember the second movie, to be honest. And I think it was like a similar plot line. Uh, but anyway, a, a lot of the movie was in the dark and there's like flashes of the creature. Like the first time I saw this movie, it was like jump, jump scare city. And I almost couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, but uh, getting off that tangent, uh, what I'm getting at is, uh, though these creatures in these movies were called crawlers <laughs> and they're the connection there is, you know, what people claim to be seeing out there seem to bear some kind of resemblance to these movie monsters. Uh, and I have to wonder, and I'm not a hundred percent sure of this, but the pale crawler name, uh, could have been influenced, uh, by these movies. It seems kind of likely as to, uh, why? Because there's different names that people have called these things, and Pale Crawler seems to be at least the most popular one. Um, the first Descent movie came out in 2005, so that's plenty of time for you know something to morph out of that. So back to the question. What is a Pale Crawler? What are these terrifying beings that people keep reporting all over North America or even the world? Uh, you know, as far as like Russia and elsewhere, (laughs) there's been, uh, alleged sightings of these, these weird, weird things. Uh, there's some, you know, varying accounts, uh, but there are a number of commonalities with sightings, uh, and run-ins with these creatures 
that indicate that there might be some kind of truth behind this whole thing. Uh, typically, it seems when people have a run-in with these beings, it's usually it's usually at night when a person is isolated and the setting is typically a rural area, usually in or near a forest. Uh, and at least from reports I've read, that seems to be mostly the case. There could be like, it could show up on like a hiking path or a dirt road, but you know, it's typically like you're in the boonies and this things might come out and uh, freak you out. Though it should be noted, too, that there have also been sightings of these creatures in more suburban areas. And sometimes, though, it seems rarely that they'll be sighted uh, during the daytime. And what's scary about these encounters is that usually, you know, a person is just kind of going about their business, everything's fine and normal, and then all of a sudden they report being overcome with this like sense of uh, total dread and fear uh, before even seeing or realizing there's some kind of creature that's just around the corner. Uh, and it seems like whatever these things are, uh, they will already have honed in on the person, kind of like they'd been stalking them for some time before making their presence known. And, you know, somehow it also seems like that they have some kind of ability to inflict this terrible feeling on someone. Uh, the ability to me suggests that, you know, there could be some kind of paranormal aspect to them, like being able to, to project this, fear and dread into someone else. But then again, sometimes people's intuition can fire off, you know, like a sixth sense or something like that. Something's not quite right with the situation. You know, occasionally you could be out hiking and you could get a weird, <laughs> weird feeling. There might be like a, a mountain lion nearby or a bear or something like that. Like, a few years back, uh, I, I lived kind of out in the woods and I was, uh, I was hiking out on this trail and, uh, it was pretty far out, you know, for, for walking at least, I want to say probably about like a half mile, uh, up a hill and deep into the woods. And I just got this feeling like something, <laughs> something's out here and, and, and watching me. And like, there are, there were rumors that there was a big cat, um, you know, at least where I am, allegedly mountain lions are extinct, but there's been reports of people seeing them. Uh, so, and there, there had been word in, in the area that I was in that like, Oh, there's a big cat that lives around here and I'm not sure it's a bobcat. It might be something bigger. Uh, so, you know, that kind of feeling came over me and I was like, I should probably get out of this area, you know? So that's, that's a thing too. You know, people's intuition can fire off, um, just, you know, some kind of, uh, primal instinct that, that alerts you and, uh, gives you the flight or fight, <laughs> uh, or is it fight or flight, uh, response, you know, to the situation. So as far as what pale crawlers look like, they're really not 
totally like the monsters from the descent movies, but you know, descriptions tend to vary slightly, which, you know, suggests there's not just one creature that's just kind of popping up here and there. Uh, but you know, a population of different individuals, right? Typically people that see these things report them as being like seven to nine feet tall on average. Sometimes they're a little bit shorter, like high five feet, close to six feet. And sometimes they appear smaller uh, because they're hunched over when a person realizes one is nearby. And then the pale crawler will stand up and tower over like, you know, the person who might not be necessarily near them, but you know, any frame of reference for how tall they are, like a guardrail or a fence. uh, And it'll just be like huge. And they, they seem to have a very light skin, like pale. Right. And it's sometimes reported that it's a, a gray to a brownish gray or a translucent white. And they seem to be devoid of all hair. And it's also been said that these things almost appear to glow or at least reflect moonlight to an extent, like if it's a clear night. And some witnesses have reported seeing them wear a ragged cloth around their groin area or even something like a tunic of sorts around their chest. Like people can't really tell like they can't get close enough to make out the full details. Uh, like if it's just like dirt, uh, and grime or if it's actual clothing. Uh, and these things are also said to be sickly thin. Uh, like you can see their bone structure, like hip, hip bones sticking out, ribs sticking out. Uh, and they have these really long arms and fingers complete with these long claws. And what people seem to find most disturbing about their appearance, uh, aside from their stature is the, like the head and the face, which it's seems to be human ish, but there's something really off and kind of, you know, uncanny Valley about them. Anyone who's been close enough to get any kind of detail usually describes them as having these uh, pitch black, beady, and sunken eyes. Uh, Usually they're small, but sometimes they're large uh, in certain reports. And their heads are oddly shaped with flat faces. And they typically have two nostril holes for a nose, uh, no ears, and a a slit-like mouth, uh, which to me sounds a lot like a classical gray alien, uh, whereas the, the gray alien typically is always reported to have these huge almond-shaped eyes. Um, so there's there could be some kind of difference there. And also gray aliens are typically a lot shorter, like three to four feet tall. <laughs> and then the teeth. Uh, some people have reported seeing these things uh, and watch them open their mouth which opens like super wide and is full of these like nightmare (laughs) scary jagged teeth 
And so whatever these things are, if, if they're real, if these stories and accounts are true, uh, it seems to, these creatures seem to be built for, uh, at the very least being able to, uh, inflict damage or at least look scary as shit <laughs> to intimidate people. Now, as far as how these things get around is where things start to get a little bit creepier. According to the stories, these creatures are able to move in a bipedal fashion, much like us. Uh, but when they want to get going, they travel on all fours. And according to some reports, which I'm going to read some later on, uh, they apparently can travel like unnaturally fast and they're able to swiftly navigate through thick forest with ease, which is, uh, you know, pretty terrifying. Like if you're out in the woods and you encounter one of these things, like where, where are you going to go? <laughs> like there's, there's reports of people, you know, seeing these things and usually they'll you know, see one on the side of the road and then it'll, they're riding their bike or something. And then they see the thing on the side of the road and then it jumps into the woods. But then as they're riding their bike, they will hear it like pacing them through the forest and just kind of following them for quite some time. It's like, we're, we're going to get into some creepy stories, folks. Uh, just, just to warn you ahead of time, <laughs> as far as, uh, freaky mannerisms and abilities it's been reported that whatever these things are uh they seem to have the ability to mimic the human voice so it's like are these things human or are they something else different reports have claimed crawlers are able to mimic the sound of a crying baby uh, a screaming woman uh, or someone calling for help uh, or even the voice of a loved one, which is kind of perhaps the most disturbing and, you know, straight up paranormal. Like, how would something that you've never seen before know the voice of uh, someone that you know and they're able to mimic it and try to <laughs> try to fool you into thinking they're, you know, a friend or something like that? You know, most of the time it seems like this ability is used to draw people in. And you know what that sounds like to me is uh, it sounds a lot like the, the Native American legend of the Wendigo, which in a, a very basic definition, it's uh, an evil spirit that's the manifestation of cannibalism and greed, and it's, it can uh, possess people. And then there's all sorts of other uh, aspects of that. Um, and there's stories of a Wendigo that will mimic the voice of uh, a loved one and try to uh, lure people deeper into the woods so they are able to attack and cannibalize their victims. <laughs> so there is there's an interesting similarity uh, to that. But as, as far as I've found, uh, it seems like the pale crawlers only ever harass people and don't actually harm them, which is good news, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not, not saying they're Wendigos or, or, or anything like that, but it's just an interesting connection. And, you know, one thing to know about the Wendigo is that, uh, according to my research into the subject, which I'm certainly no expert 
uh, on that matter. But it typically seems that stories come from more of the northern uh, regions, which are cold, where the pale crawlers habitat seems to be kind of anywhere. Uh, they'll show up in warm climate, cold climate. It's anywhere. <laughs> uh, and there's some interesting aspects of it that make me wonder if these things are even terrestrial in nature. And what I mean by that is their seemingly supernatural abilities indicate to me at least that there is uh, the potential that they could be something along the lines of an ultra-terrestrial or an interdimensional being, uh, which is something that John Keel goes into a lot about in his writings. So, you know, despite these, these things being creepy and weird and scary and terrifying, you know, it's, it seems like people, at least from what I've read, you know, they don't actually get attacked by these things, but there's, there's certainly some kind of, PTSD psychological trauma that can happen uh, with people who have encountered something that just like totally breaks their view of reality. But, you know, ultimately it's like, are these things just kind of posturing and being territorial or something like that? If you come into their territory, you know, but then again, people have reported uh, living on some tract of land for years or decades and then all of a sudden one of these things shows up <laughs> and then it's bad news so before getting into some witness accounts uh, I do want to go over a couple more points uh, to kind of uh, shed, shed a light on a couple of things so I'll ask the question uh, what came first the pale crawler or the rake I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the rake, which is often used interchangeably as a name for the pale crawler. Uh, but there is a difference. The rake is, by definition, a creepypasta uh, or something awful forums creature that was created about 15, 16, 17 years ago. Um, kind of similar to the likes of the Slender Man uh, mythos. If you ever read stories people put together, they'll write that the rake is known to enter people's homes and attack them and cause severe psychological trauma uh, to people who have encountered them. They'll like dig underground into people's basements and like mess around under the floorboards or they'll come into bedrooms and like hang out at the foot of your bed to freak you out or attack you. And then you'll find writings that say, uh, you know, that they're hundreds of years old where people encountered this creature called the rake. Uh, but it, it's pretty much all just fiction, right? At least we hope, <laughs> you know, the way the rake is described though, makes it sound very similar, if not almost identical to, stories of the pale crawler creatures that people are reporting actually seeing out out there in the world uh though the uh, you know physical description differences the rake apparently has even longer fingers and claws which are more like a garden rake which is 
where the name kind of comes from. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like a chicken and the egg scenario of what came first, uh, at least from what I could find on the origins of the rake. Uh, it came from the early 2000s. According to Know Your Meme, uh, the rake first appeared on the internet somewhere around 2005 to 2006. And it seems like online discussion kind of created the mythos of the rake. But others have pointed at stories dating back centuries that describe similar entities stalking or harassing people, uh, though I'm unclear if those claims are substantiated or not. As far as uh, other names that the Pale Crawler might be known as, uh, one of which is the Forest Ghoul. Uh, which is kind of a cool name. <laughs> I almost like it better than the Pale Crawler, uh, but you know, apparently there's there's some some uh, stories about uh, these creatures that are like guardians of the forest, and they're kind of freaky looking, and they will <laughs> mess with you if you're in the forest. And there's been these uh, theories that there's a, a different type of ghoul, uh, the ghoul from uh, pre-Islamic Arabian mythology that could potentially be related in some way to the pale crawlers in modern times. And this Arabian ghoul is said to be a demonic being or a diabolic class of jinn, which is, you know, a supernatural creature in Arabian folklore that haunts burial grounds and uh, deserted or abandoned places. If you're ever watching any of the like Arabian ghost hunter uh, channels on YouTube, <laughs> it's like usually I usually they're like after like a gin or something like that that's haunting these old abandoned places. Uh, so these kinds of entities, according to the folklore, they would try to lure in travelers, uh, usually in the guise of uh, an attractive woman. And if they succeeded, the traveler would be killed and eaten by the ghoul. And apparently the only way to take one of these things out was to do a one hit kill. And apparently if you hit them again with, you know, <laughs> for a double tap, uh, <laughs> it would actually bring them back to life. So, you know, talk about a bad day. You think you're, <laughs> you're battling the supernatural creature that's trying to kill you. And then you manage to take it out, but then you get overzealous, hit it again. And then it's like, boom, <laughs> it's back, baby. Uh, but, uh, the Arabian ghouls could also, apparently they could shape shift, right? They're taking the form of attractive women, for wary travelers and they can change form at will, uh, which is not an ability I've heard about the pale crawlers having, uh, but it's an interesting comparison. Nonetheless, um, most people seem to think this, there isn't like really a connection between these two, uh, creatures, but it's something I just wanted to point out. Another potential connection here that could explain maybe some kind of an origin story for the pale crawlers or something similar, at least comes from the folklore of the Cree tribe in Canada. Uh, according to their mythology, there are two humanoid races in the world. The first being humans 
and the second being little people, or what they call the Manigishi. And I know pale crawlers are typically reported as being very tall, but uh, just bear with me for just a minute. Uh, these uh, Manigishi entities apparently uh, have these lanky and long slender arms uh, and legs too. Uh, and they also have big heads and no nose. Uh, sound familiar? Uh, according to the folklore, the Manigishi are basically trickster entities that like to mess with people. Uh, you know, kind of like puckwudgies. And according to stories, they will, they'll crawl out of like nearby rock formations, uh, rubble piles or out, out of like river rapids. Uh, and they were known to capsize people traversing rivers and canoes They'd capsize their boats. And, you know, while they're going down through river rapids and more often than not, uh, <laughs> Uh, these people would uh, wind up drowning in the river. Uh, you know, whatever unfortunate soul happened to uh, be on a Manigishi shit list that day. <laughs> uh, and interestingly, it was also said that they were sextactylous. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sextactylous means they had uh, six fingers instead of five. Uh, and this is kind of interesting, um, which I'll just throw this out here real quick. Uh, I, re I remember uh, a couple of years back, I went to uh, Contact in the Desert, the big like alien conference out there uh, in the Palm Springs area. Uh, and I sat in on a lecture. I can't remember who it was exactly. I think it might have been uh, this guy, Emery Smith. And he had talked about these six-fingered giants and creator gods that come from ancient Egypt and Sumeria. And I'm not sure if there's a connection, uh, but kind of raised my eyebrow a bit when I was uh, doing the research for this episode. And I was like, huh, that's kind of an interesting uh, factoid for you. Uh, so potentially something to look into further to see if there's, you know, some kind of folklore connection, uh, connecting those two. <laughs> uh, and some have also noted similarities in descriptions of the Manigishi to, uh, Massachusetts Dover demon cryptid, uh, which we all know and love. Right. <laughs> and, you know, by all accounts looked, uh, pretty similar to what people describe pale crawlers looking like minus the stature, uh, but perhaps the, the two are potentially related in some way. And another thing that I have to wonder about, what are these things? You know, are they real? Are they flesh and blood or are they interdimensional something else? Uh, one thing that I wonder about sometimes are uh, egregores or tulpas. And basically these are the idea that, uh, non, a non-physical, uh, entity uh, is able to manifest in our physical plane of reality, uh, you know, drawing energy from a collective group of people, uh, like this uh, psychic manifestation that comes to life if enough people are believing in it. 
you know, kind of like Santa Claus, right? But we all know. <laughs> um, I'll probably go into this uh, idea more in depth in a future episode because it's it's a pretty interesting concept and it's something to think about. Like, could enough people have been immersing themselves in these like creepy pasta and something awful stories about the rake uh, that enough people had that energy out there that it caused these like otherworldly beings of similar appearance and ability. Um, you know, but then again, at the same time, there's apparently stories of, uh, people encountering beings like, like this for years. So we're just not quite sure exactly what the origin here is. You know, maybe they are ultra terrestrial and they, they share this space with us and they can, people have theories that they pop in and out and they'll appear in urban areas, suburban areas, mostly rural areas, of course. But I've read people being like, uh, they see them reading stories about them looking into people's windows, like in the burbs, and then they're just gone. And there's no rhyme or reason why they appear. And people think they <laughs> they could ha be able to use like portals or something like that. I know that's getting a little bit woo, but we don't really know exactly what these things are. And what they're capable of if they're even real. So it's a pretty wild concept. So now I want to go over some stories of people's encounters with pale crawlers. So grab some popcorn and I don't know, maybe lock your doors, close your curtains because these stories are going to be a little bit creepy. This first story I found comes from the subreddit r paranormal encounters and it was posted by the user mn crawler and this will give you a good idea of how a typical encounter goes and it really just takes people off guard so here's the story back in 2017 i used to live with my aunt in minnesota and while living with her I had worked at the nearby Walgreens, which was about a 35 to 40 minute bike ride from her place. This event happened in October, eerily enough. But one night, I had worked the closing shift, but we didn't close and leave till about 30 to 40 minutes longer than what we used to due to lots of work needing to be done. I biked to and from work, so as someone who believes in the paranormal stuff 100%, Biking home at night was always an eerie thing to do because my mind would often go wild. Now, the route I take to go home is a somewhat isolated one. I have to go past a park and a lot of wooded areas, and it's barely lit up there as there aren't many streetlights or houses for most of that route. I had just gotten to the park area where it's more naturey and woodsy. I was talking to an ex on my phone currently my girlfriend at the time, as a way to ease my nerves on the way home. I had briefly looked down at my phone when I heard a weird screeching sound, which caused me to look up. There, to my horror, was this large, tall, deathly frail-looking humanoid creature that looked very white and pale, almost as if it was sickly. Before I could really get a good look at it, it dropped onto all fours and leapt into the wooded area. Seeing this, I panicked 
and began to pedal as fast as I could. Meanwhile, I could hear this thing taking chase, but remaining hidden in the woods. I could hear branches constantly snapping, leaves crunching. This thing was in pursuit. I get about halfway through the route, to a point where nature stops being trees and woods, and opens up into rolling hills, that sort of thing. Just flat grass, but a bunch of hills. As soon as I got to this point, I heard the thing stop chasing me, and complete silence. That's when I noticed a very peculiar scent, blueberry pie, which really weirded me out because there are no houses or restaurants or buildings of any kind around this area. So for the scent of a freshly baked blueberry pie, my favorite pie, really seemed sketchy. I paid no attention to it as to me, it was coming from the distant hills as if this thing was somehow creating the scent to draw me away from the sidewalk and towards it. So I kept pedaling and eventually made it to where the townhomes were and eventually back home to safety. Which, yes, yes, I did throw my bike into the garage and run inside up into my bedroom like a frightened child and turned on the light and TV. Now it doesn't end there. A few days later, on Halloween, when I started forgetting about the thing I saw, I spent the day handing out candy for my aunt and watching TV and YouTube until it was time to retire to the bedroom. Shortly after I had gone to my room, I again heard that weird screeching sound, and for some reason, my idiot self decided to check out the window, and there, about 40 to 50 feet away from the house, standing underneath a few trees, was the creature, which made me quickly close the window and shut the blinds. The next day, surprisingly, my aunt had asked me if I had heard the sound last night and saw the thing as well. I guess from what she had told me, she had heard the noise and wanted to see what it was. So she took the dog out and went into the backyard and had seen the thing standing there then. Almost immediately, it dropped to all fours and leapt away. Now, when it comes to things this size, I'd say when I saw it standing on two feet, it was about seven to eight feet tall. I'm six foot seven for reference. So it was quite a bit taller than me. It looked very pale, like it was nothing but skin and bones, yet it moved incredibly fast from the speed it had and leapt away and pursued me while I was biking home. Now, that's a, a pretty typical story that you'll find people writing about uh, on Reddit and submitting to different paranormal blogs. And it's a, it's a pretty harrowing story. Uh, so whatever this creature was that chased this person through this rural area and then showed up right near the home they lived in a few days later, like that's <laughs> some class A uh, scary movie type of stuff. So let's check out another story. And this one was submitted to the National Cryptid Society. In 2010, me and two friends decided we were going to check out some haunted stuff around out in the country in Effingham, Illinois. We live about 30 minutes away from there. This was a typical weekend night driving out to a cemetery to respectfully explore. 
We were told the Casbar Cemetery, deep in the woods, surrounded by caves outside Effingham, was a really good place. The night begins. We head to Effingham and stop for sodas at a gas station, and then head to the country. It's about 1 to 2 a.m., so it's dark. I see something with yellow glowing eyes off to the side of the country road, just past the ditch in the headlights. Too short to be a deer, but too big to be a possum or a raccoon. As we get closer, it gets clearer. And I realize what I'm looking at is skinny, hairless, and gray. Human-like, but definitely not human. Crazy-as-hell-looking thing. It was crouched down, its arms were incredibly long, and it looked like it could have been seven feet tall or bigger standing. I could feel myself get cold, and my heart race and my hair stand on the back of my neck. I whisper to myself, What in the... And then I hear my friend in the back seat shout, What is that? Complete shock and terror set in, and I can't make a sound. I'm just staring at it. By that time, we're right in front of it, passing it, and it just watches us drive by. It slinks into the darkness. Then we all just started screaming, literally freaking the hell out. I was convinced it was a demon for months, but still doubted myself even seeing it. Thinking my mind was playing tricks on me, we didn't even make it to the Casbar that night. We went straight home, and I couldn't sleep that night. Six months later, I'm at a different friend's house, and she gets a text from her cousin. It was the trail camera picture. I went cold again. The hair on the back of my neck stood up. I was seeing this thing again. I knew we weren't crazy, that there was something to this. I knew for sure that my mind wasn't playing tricks on me that night. He said he caught it on his trail camera one town over, and he later told us it wasn't his camera and that he was just pranking us, but I immediately recognized it. I asked her to send me the picture, and I sent it to my friend who was with me. He quickly replies, That's that thing. I found out the picture was faked, but still can't help but to have my doubts. I researched the picture and demons to find some answers, but found nothing. Fast forward to October 2012, and I'm on Facebook, and I come across a page called Weird Effingham, Illinois. So, of course, I start combing through the entire page, and I find reports of sightings around the cemetery of creatures with glowing eyes. Nothing as in-depth as what I saw, but still enough to tell me that we're not the only ones who have seen something like that out there. I researched demons and paranormal some more, but still nothing. In 2014, I was scrolling through my Facebook news feed, and the trail camera picture popped up again. One girl I know posted it on the wall of another girl I know. So I immediately commented my story on it. When I go up to the previous comments, I see that one of the girls were talking about seeing one of these things. She replied to my comment and told me she had seen it in the country in Effingham too, back in 2011. 
This guy we went to school with commented on the status too and said he had a friend that was super into the occult and that she said they're called ghouls. So I went right into researching ghouls. What I found blows my freaking mind. Lore says they are cave dwellers. As I said previously, the Kasbar Cemetery is surrounded by caves. They feed on the freshly dead and normally stay close to cemeteries to be close to food. They have been known to show themselves to humans when trying to get close to them to eat in times where fresh deceased bodies are scarce. I went to images of them and I could only find illustrations, but they looked exactly like what I saw that night. Everything I was reading was falling perfectly into place. Lined up perfectly with my experience. I couldn't explain it away. Then last night, I came across a Reddit post with a story so much similar to mine with just as much detail. This is one of the most incredible things that has ever happened to me. And I'll always search for more answers. So that's another pretty intense story. It's You see these things and it's something that really seems to continue to affect people. Whoever bears witness to them is either some kind of traumatized or they want to find out more info about them. And clearly this uh, story I just recited to you, someone made a connection with ghouls, which I mentioned earlier in the episode, although I'm still not sure that the two are, are one and the same. But perhaps this person was seeing something that was not a crawler, something different. <laughs> so, yeah, let's uh, let's do two more short stories, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, these two come from Lon Strickler's blog, Phantoms and Monsters. And Lon has a, a huge archive of stories of encounters with not only crawlers, but all sorts of other paranormal encrypted activity. Uh, so if you, if you haven't checked out his site, definitely do at some point. It's, it's a wealth of knowledge up in there. So here's the first story. I lived in Montana on some land my dad owns, and I was hiking up a mountain, like most days. I heard this really weird screaming coming from the other side of the mountain, away from my house and deeper into the woods. It wasn't a mountain lion. Too deep and long, it went on for about 10 seconds. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't a bear. It kind of sounded like a human, except it was distorted. It sounded like someone was possessed by something, sort of like what you'd hear in a horror movie. I got to the top of the mountain, pulled out my binoculars, and looked in the general direction of the scream. I saw a weird humanoid-looking creature. It was as white as paper, but it didn't have any hair or clothes, or genitals even, and its arms were longer than its body. It also had huge black eyes that covered most of its face. It was walking, but as soon as I saw it, it stopped and stared at me. I watched it carefully for at least two minutes. I remember thinking it's staring straight into my soul. I had to look away because my eyes had started watering from not blinking. When I looked back at it, after wiping my eyes, it was gone. 
I couldn't see it anywhere, which made me think it was a weird hallucination or something. Illusion or not, I decided to get the hell away from the area and ran back home. The scariest part is that five minutes after I walk in the door, I hear the scream again. It was much closer and made my ears ring. Now that I think about it, I remember that I could hear my dad yell at me whenever he needed help with something every other time I was up there. I'm pretty sure it was where I was standing when I first saw it. My dad heard it too, so it wasn't just some hallucination. And my neighbor was talking about the screams a week after it happened. I've researched it as best as I could, but never found anything fitting its exact description. I've never seen it since. My dad hasn't either. It's one of the many reasons I moved in with my mom in Arizona. Now, <laughs> that story, when I was reading it, literally kind of made the hair on my neck stand up. Just the fact that uh, the the paranormal aspect of these stories, like, it's, these things are, like, aware of you, even from a distance, now, this guy is looking at this thing through a pair of binoculars, and he doesn't say exactly the distance, but it had to have been a pretty significant distance away. Not so far that he couldn't make out the details, obviously, but for it to look back at him and just kind of stare him down, like that's a that's a big nope for me right there. And then hearing it again, like closer to the home he lived in like that's yeah definitely glad that person moved far away from there <laughs> and now this uh this last story i'll go over from uh phantoms and monsters is uh it's a short one and then we'll uh we'll wrap things up here so uh this story goes like this i work as a paramedic in a rural area of virginia this entails a lot of backwoods mountain roads late at night this encounter happened around the summer of 2016. One night around 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., I was driving back from a call and was traveling up a road I've been up many times before. My partner and I were just listening to music and making the best of being at work. As I rounded an upwards slanted curve, the headlight of my unit hit something that still gives me chills to this day as I'm typing. This creature was almost in a position that reminded me of a catcher in baseball, as if it was squatting behind the road maybe 10 feet in a small grassy patch. It was so pale and white. I distinctly remember its arms and legs being so long, just unnaturally long and slender. Its fingers were the same. If I had to estimate its height, I would say it was easily 6 feet tall. Its head was facing away from me. I honestly did not get a good look to see if it had any facial features. I was literally shocked. I didn't speak a word. I turned to my partner, who was in the passenger seat, and the look on his face told me I was not seeing an imaginary thing. I said to him, please tell me you saw that. He did, with a number of colorful words. It may have been 50 yards away, when we agreed to turn around and look again. When we got back to the same place, there was nothing. I honestly didn't have the courage to get out of the ambulance and check. My partner did pull out a spotlight, 
uh, which we have in our units to check the woods, and again, nothing. I can't stress enough how pale, bony, and slender this creature was. It was like the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth, but I could see every bone in its body. I only got a two to three second look at this creature. All right, so another creepy story. A little less creepy, but again, they just come out of nowhere and then they disappear just as quickly as as you've seen them. And (laughs) they're totally terrifying and definitely not uh, anything you ever want to run into. All right. I think that just about wraps it up for the regular episode. Uh, I'm just about to take a a break here to get some water and catch my breath. If you're thoroughly freaked out by these stories and want to hear more, uh, stick around after the break for the extended version of this episode uh, with a bonus story about a pale crawler. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride this episode. <laughs> so uh, before before I go on break, I just want to give a, a couple of quick shout outs. First up, if you haven't been following me on Instagram, definitely do, uh, as well as my other social media handles. Uh, but if you didn't know, Strangeology now has a Patreon. You can head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology to find out more. I put together some great tiers with different and awesome rewards, uh, like access to a private Discord server, uh, merch discounts, uh, exclusive merch, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and I was, I was blown away by uh, the fact that... Uh, People already started signing up for it. it it's really amazing. And it's super helpful uh, to get this podcast to progress further and get to the next level. So without my patron support, things wouldn't be as awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to do a, a shout out to all of my patrons. Uh, Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, Robin from the Mystic Novelty Company, Christine McTire, Chad from the Appalachian Huntsman, Michael Waddell from MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird and the Order 66 podcast, Roberto Martinez, Sean Colon, Miranda Jarnot, and John Hickenbottom. Thank you, as always, to all my listeners. I can't thank you enough for downloading my show and enjoying the content. Uh, thank you for those of you who have left five-star reviews of the show so far. It's really helpful, uh, and I appreciate it so much. Another announcement I have is that Strangeology now has a voicemail that you can call into and leave a message if you have your own personal strange and unexplained stories. Uh, this could be cryptid-related, uh, UFO or aliens, uh, ghosts, the paranormal, uh, you name it, anything weird. <laughs> I just asked uh, uh, asked to be uh, your stories to be detailed uh, with your accounts and 
to keep it mostly clean if you can. <laughs> if your story is wild enough, it just might get featured on a future episode of the show. Uh, so this will be a, a fun, fun little experiment. So definitely call in with your stories and we'll see what happens. And even if you have nice things to say or thoughts about a previous episode you want to share, definitely feel free to leave a message. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, the number is uh, 802-448-0612. Again, that's 802-448-0612. Uh, you can also find that in the uh, bio section of my Instagram, and uh, I'll be adding it to uh strangeology.com as well to call in also if uh, anyone ever wants to send a nice message that's not on the phone <laughs> just to say hi or if you have feedback or suggestions and the like uh, my dms on instagram are always open and you can also reach me by email at strangeologist at gmail.com and on a final note the call is still out there for writers and blogger contributors to my website blog so if you like to write about the world of weird definitely get in touch with me uh, i'd love to talk to you about uh writing some articles because i'm terrible at updating my own blog <laughs> all right uh that's the show everyone so until next time take care of yourselves and each other and keep it strange and for patrons Stick around after the break. We're going to get into some more weird stories. So stay tuned. back everyone uh to listen to a bonus story about the pale crawlers this is the first show extension i've done for patreon and i'm hoping you'll dig this exclusive content for this episode extra i wanted to talk about one particular case of a crawler encounter that happened to uh, this canadian guy that